Yeah, it's too cold up here, man. This is not even like cold. This is too cold. This is not cold. It's freezing. Okay. Please, please, no photos, please. No photos, no autographs, please, please, please. Yes. Man. Congratulations on your win. Thank you, thank you. How you doing? Hey, Mr. Chang, how how is your wife? I love, I I just love the love story, honestly. But I love any man that really celebrates his wife, honestly. Oh, okay. I love love, too. Hello. I do. That's that's, that's his thing. He loves love. I love love. I do, too. (laughs) And so somebody told, we were talking about good pickup lines. And I said, I got a re- I thought it was a really good pickup line, and Nate and everybody said it was corny. I said, I can't wait to meet somebody so I can use this line. He goes, well, don't say that. That's very corny. What's your line? I, but, I go, but corny works. Yes. So what is your line? I haven't had a chance to use it, but I would. So Nate was telling the story about his son. And his son was at a place, and you know, his son is 19, and this woman came up to him. She's older. And she said something, how old are you? And he said, I'm 19. How old are you? She said, I'm 24. And he said, oh, okay. She goes, I could change your life. I, I like actually, that. I actually Isn't like that. Isn't that good? I actually like that. And, and this is the thing. If you I, say it, it's I, actually true. I could true. change your life. So that was one line. I said, oh, that's good. God, I wouldn't mind using that. But this is a line that I thought was good that he said was corny. So you guys tell me what you think about this. A friend of mine said, you know, she said, I went to the doctor. The doctor said the vitamins aren't do- doing so good. So you meet somebody and you go, the doctor said, I need vitamin U. Nah, that's, that's a good you one. You like that one? I, like I don't know. That. I think no, I might he, agree he, with Dave. Fine. He said, yeah, he said right it was corny. Point. I liked it. <laughs> so, so. See, I'm a hopeless romantic. I so believe in love. That's why I love you guys' story so much. Actually, I had a line, and actually, Tamron Hall, uh-huh. I, I hit her with it. Where what, this what was it? What it's, was the, it? it's just the easiest intro ever. You just Hi, make up how a, are you? No, you make up a name. John. John. You walk up and say, hey, you know John? And the person's gonna look weird and be like, John who? Don't worry about it. How are you doing? <laughs> oh. That's, you know, that's an easy ear. So I'm gonna say, you know Chang? I do know Chang. <laughs> don't I don't worry you. about it. Don't worry about I it. I wanna ask you if you know Channing because a second ago you said corny works. It does. Channing, Channing went viral early on when the pivot started. He called one certain person corny. And it's okay to be corny, right? I think so, too. Corny, listen, you, you don't want to do it too much, guys. You don't right. want to do it too much. But I, I, I do. I think there's something charming about it. There's something charming. Hold up. Limitless. Take a stomach cow pin in it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up. On the mission, get me up. Knowing me, I got the key. On the vision, I can trust. Trust. Limitless. Take a stomach cow pin in it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up. On the mission, get me up. Knowing me, I got the key. Well, welcome to The Pivot. Oh, thank you. Thank this you. Is, thank you. Is, I'm so glad to be here because I love a, football. Yeah, this is amazing for us. This is Channing, obviously, Freddie T. I'm RC. This is the wonderful... You like RC over Ryan? You know what? Nobody ever called me that until recently. I've, I've always been Ryan. And once we started with ESPN, Greeny called me RC. Yes, uh-huh. Then they gave me a show and they used RC. And now I've just gotten used to saying okay. it. But okay. you can call me whatever you want, okay. scale, so it doesn't Mr. matter. Mr. Man. I will take that as well. General Sir, <laughs> Your Majesty. What no, you please don't call me that. <laughs> please don't call me that, because our producer would be like, that's exactly what you wanted anyway. So, <laughs> But, you know, just to be sitting with someone as accomplished as you are, someone as wonderful that represents us in the way that you do all the time um, for me, I just want to say how much I appreciate you. Oh, thanks, thanks. You know, um, to uh, be award-winning, but more so be the sort of person that we can see from the outside that if you live a certain way, you attract a certain sort of good karma Mm. and good luck, but also blessings. And so thank you for being you. I try to eliminate, guys, all drama, all trauma, all toxicity, all negativity, because we live in a society where people are encouraged to be their worst possible selves. Your worst possible selves, and you're rewarded for that. So I try, I, I try really hard to stay away, to stay away from that. Okay, so here on The Pivot, we yes. prioritize the truth. Yes, And good. telling the truth. Good. So did you tell the world that recently you celebrated your Uncle Marty's day? Yeah. Right? No, when I was in fourth grade living in <laughs> Turkey, Get it straight, Ryan. I, 
That's what I did when I was a child. <laughs> I'm now a grown-ass woman. <laughs> but I did live in Turkey as a kid and went to a, an elementary school, and we were learning about Martin Luther King, and I said, you know, oh, that's my Uncle Marty. Well, my teacher was just shocked. Martin Luther King is your uncle? Yes, that's Uncle Marty. You know, when you live in Turkey, in Ankara, Turkey, there are very few black families. So we had, of course, Ebony Magazine and Jet Magazine and, you know, Time and all that stuff. And he was on the cover of, of these different publications. And I saw King, King. Uh, he's from Alabama. My dad was from Alabama. So I just said Uncle Marty. So when my parents came in for the parent-teacher conference, when you're a little kid, you don't think that the adults will connect. And they said, oh, Mr. King, your brother, it's da-da-da. And my dad's thinking, his, his brother's name is Beauregard and Jerome. <laughs> no, Martin Luther. Anyway, long story short, I got in big trouble for that. And that's sort of your first lesson. And Because then you have to go and tell the teacher, you know, it's not true. Um, but yeah, when I was a kid, I did do that. Is that equivalent to... Um... By saying, I got a little Indian in my blood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, something, what? something like that. It's something like that. Before we like keep going any further, I got to ask you. What? Right? You are not, or I'm assuming you're not on Cat Single? Williams. Single? No, <laughs> well, not that. I didn't want to know. That's usually a Channing question. I wanted to make sure you're not on Cat Williams. Channing, you got any brothers? I don't know. Because if you're on his hit list I don't and he know. sees this, I then don't know. we might end up on his hit list. Well, to my knowledge, I'm not on his hit list. You know, that's one of those... It's like if you go see a comedian at a show, you don't want to be in their eye line. Mm -hmm. you, you just don't want to be in the eye line. You just want to sort of sink in... This is how I feel when I go to a Chris Rock show, like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, please, oh, please, oh, please. And Chris and I are friends. I like Chris. Chris and I are actually friends. But it's still one of those things where you're like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, please don't... That's how I feel about cat waves. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, please, please, please don't say my name. I do have a question for yes. you with the Cat Williams. When you have someone who is as great of a storyteller as he is, but he... He gets, is a good storyteller. Right, but he gets on that sort of role, and he's bringing all of these different other celebrities into his conversations. As an interviewer, what do you do in that moment? Do you interrupt? Do you try to redirect? Do you ask questions to get him to clarify? Or if you know it's going to be such a viral hit, do you just let him go on and tell whatever stories he wants yeah, to? Yeah, but I think you do want to have some follow-ups, like what exactly do you mean? Because he just said all sorts of stuff. So, you know, I would want to have some follow-ups about where he got his information or what exactly do you mean. Yeah. But listen, look at what he did for Club Shay Shay. You know, I see why people are talking about it. I get it. And to that point, it's funny. When you came in, we were saying it's like Michael Jordan walking into the YMCA to play basketball. Yes. Because you're the GOAT. Yes. Right. Interviewing. Yes. <laughs> and to, to, well, to, I don't know about that. But Michael Jordan, I was at a wedding recently, um, and Michael Jordan was there. And I swear, guys, the C's part when he walks in the room. I mean, everybody, everybody, men, women, you know, children, everybody, because he's so iconic and he's just such a class act to me. I felt privileged that I actually got to sit next to him and I just, and he doesn't do interviews, as you know, and I'm like, please, please, please. He doesn't do any interviews. He just feels no need to do it. But I, I just think he is, um, I think he is such a class act on so many levels. So I adore him. Speaking of interviewing, what do you do if you know somebody's flat out lying to you? But I think you can call BS on BS. I think you can do it. But I, I, I believe this, Channing. I believe any question can be asked. Any question can be asked. But you have to have the right time, the right place, the right tone, and the right intention. I really do pride myself on not being a gotcha, trying to trick you up, trying to get you to say something stupid or something that uh, will make you look like a liar, liar, pants on fire. I always say, I'm giving you the platform to tell your story the way you want to tell it. That's how I look at it. And, but if you know that somebody isn't telling the truth, I do think that there's a way to, to question that and, and do it in a respectful way. So I, I never want anybody to feel uncomfortable when they come, when they're sitting down with an inter interview with me, even if they're coming to talk about something that's very uncomfortable. I, I, do, I just think there's a way to do that. You mentioned the magazines you had when in Turkey, and that was how yeah. you, know, you learned about, you knew about Martin Luther yes. King and all of those things. And you mentioned Time Magazine. Yeah. You were also... I know. A cover girl yeah. on Time Magazine for 100 Most Influential People. Go back to that little girl mm -hmm. in the fourth grade. Mm -hmm. Could you even have imagined or dreamt that one day you'd grace that cover as oh well? Oh, my God. Absolutely not, Ryan. I mean, listen, my dad, 
used to make us watch the news. You know, I lived in Turkey as a kid, so we have no television. Nobody did, just in Turkey. I, so I was a voracious reader. I read a whole lot of books. I love going to the library, having a library card. And when we came back to the States, we always had to watch the news. And I would say to him, God, Daddy, the news is so boring. Why do we have to watch the news? And he said, because it's always important to know what's going on in the world. You should just always know. You should always be informed. And I guess on some level, that stuck, that osmosis, even though I was complaining. So it's ironic to me that I'm sitting at CBS in a studio at one point that had Walter Cronkite's map there, and I'm sitting there and I'm delivering the news. That's, that's sometimes mind blown, mind blown. And, you know, I majored in psychology. I was going to be a child psychologist or a lawyer because I'm very good at listening to people's problems and giving an unsolicited advice. I'm very good at that. <laughs> And so I thought I would do that or I'd be a lawyer. So the fact that I'm on the news where, you know, I had a grandmother who said to me, you know, Gail, Mother Nature wasn't as kind to you as she was to other little girls. Maybe you should think about makeup. My grandmother said that to me. I mean, so I never thought that I was gorgeous or, you know, pretty enough or any of that stuff. So the fact that I was sitting there, it's funny. After the time cover, two days later, I was in L.A. doing an interview, sitting in a, a restaurant where it was freezing. And I said to the waiter, do you think you could close that door? Uh, no, but I can get you a blanket. So, so much for influence <laughs> is the point I'm making. And Mr. Man brought me a blanket, and everybody's sitting there huddled in these blankets. So somebody said, you should pull out your Time 100 cover and say, look, I'm on the cover. I'm supposedly influential, so. Yeah, he, he, he was not influenced. <laughs> he was not influenced, no. You were also uh, not just on the cover. You were also in the magazine. <laughs> you guys seen it? Yeah. yeah. That was color purple. Uh-huh. I know you're making jokes, right? No, I'm not making any jokes. <laughs> you're trying to make but, jokes because you know we have to do our research. If, like, if, the if best you blink, you will miss me in that movie. You you mentioned that in the article as well, <laughs> yeah. but I, I just want to talk about it because your friendship and uh, your your bestie, obviously everyone in the world knows Miss yeah, Oprah. Yeah. Just ending up there, you started out as a production assistant. Yeah. And Oprah would, was an anchor back in, yes, in Baltimore. Yes, in Baltimore. Yes, correct, yes. Correct. So that relationship and that friendship. Like, just to kind of take us through it and how you ended up here as an extra in The Color Purple, because not a lot of people know. Now, I didn't know until I'd done my research. You didn't? Oh. I think it speaks to, actually, who she is, because we were 21 and 22. In newsroom hierarchy, as you know, the production assistant is here, and the news anchor is here. But uh, we clicked because we were single, we were black, we found that we had similar philosophies. And there was a big snowstorm, and she asked me, you know, I had, was driving 45 minutes out of town, and she said, you know, you can stay at my house. I said, yeah, but I don't have any clothes. I don't, she goes, but well, we are both size 10. You can wear some of my clothes. And I don't have a toothbrush. She goes, you know, we can get a, you, don't worry, we can get a toothbrush. I said, I don't even have any underwear. She goes, I have underwear, it's clean. And I said, no. <laughs> you could flip them like Channing does. <laughs> yeah, like flip them in the other side. <laughs> two, two pair of drawers in one. I know. I <laughs> I told, I told that story and somebody said, it was in the tabloid, the night I wore Oprah's underwear. I mean, that was the headline of, a, of an article. And that night, guys, you know when you meet a friend and you, uh, girls anyway, can stay up all night talking and that's what we did. It was like we were teenagers. Do you think so-and-so is boinking so-and-so or I can't stand so-and-so, blah, 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 blah. That's why I think it's so funny. I heard Oprah say one day, you know, I don't believe in gossip. I called her, I went, since when? <laughs> since when? <laughs> but I mean, but back heart. in the day, right. back in the day, and so we, we clicked over that and we've been friends ever since. So to me, you know, when she got that job as Sophia in Color Purple, which is now back in the theaters, please go see it. I was so excited for her. And so I said, can I come see you on the set? And then I'm there and they said, hey, would you like to be an extra? Okay. Yeah. That's how that happened. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. And who picking up the tab when you and Oprah go out? Her security. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all can't just go have a coffee. Y'all have to fly to Greece and have a coffee, right? Like, no, yeah, it's yeah. funny. I will sometimes go and say, you know, here, I'll pick. And they go, oh, no, it's already taken care of. Wow. That's big time. It, yeah, her security, her security is there, and they've just already taken care of the bill. But there are times, you know, I think that even when you're wealthy, you know, you never want to feel that, you know, you that you're responsible for everything. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody, you know, Oprah says, I don't want presents, I don't need anything, but I think everybody likes a present. Yeah. 
everybody does. But she, she has, I don't want birthday presents, I don't want Christmas presents, so I'll, I'll find something that I know she likes and just give it, even though it may not be a special occasion. You know, building relationships are difficult, and, you know, they start in different ways. Your father was an engineer, yeah, and that was part of being in yes. Turkey. And, yeah, you know, you guys moved around a little bit. You spent your senior year with another family. Yeah, you know, you mentioned obviously but we can goes, see yes. you're a black woman, yeah, but you know, white, Oprah was a yes. black woman. You guys had that sort of synergy, that connection. Yes. You didn't have that connection with the family you lived with. What did you learn from that experience? Well, I mean, you know, he was my former teacher. He was white, the Heathcotes. I still stay in touch with them. I still stay in touch with them. And I thought, you know, he was a teacher. And I thought just the fact that they decided or they allowed me to live with them for a year is extraordinary. I, I, they had two little kids who were two and then a baby who was nine months. They rearranged the house so I could have my own bedroom and put the two kids in one room together. I look back on that now, and at the time, that seemed like no big deal, but I have a great appreciation for it now when I realize you're bringing really a stranger. I was his student, but it's not like we were friend friends that we were hanging out, but I think they knew how badly I wanted to stay in California because my parents were moving my senior year. Nobody wants, I don't care who you are, nobody wants to leave high school their senior year. Right. And so they rearranged their lives, really, to take me in and allow me to stay there, so I'm forever grateful and thankful that they did that. And I really did feel like a member of the family. I really did. Is that where you found your love for Barry Manilow? <laughs> I know I like me some Barry Manilow. <laughs> don't make fun of me. But this is the thing. I will go to a Jay-Z concert and people go, what do you, they don't do that now because they know I love me some Jay-Z. Mm -hmm. Favorite son, Will, my, he was in, living in China at the time and I was in New York and Jay and Kanye had that concert, the Throne concert. Yeah. And they were performing in Paris. And Will flew from Shanghai, and I flew from New York to meet because we wanted to be Negroes in Paris, singing <laughs> Negroes in Paris with Negroes in Paris. And, they and that night they, they sang that song 13 times. <laughs> and every time we were on their feet. I'm, it's funny because when Will was nine, and then he was playing, Give Me That Stuff, That Good, She Stuff, Say What? And he's nine, and I think, What is this you're listening to? You can't listen to this. Because he goes, give it to me, give it to me. Now, he doesn't even know what he's singing at nine. It I go, you. so good, though. <laughs> I know. It's that good, she said. I say, what? I said, you cannot sing. No, no, Will, I'm taking this. Who is this? Jay-Z. No, absolutely not. So you cut from that to no, you can't listen to that to make some motherfucking noise. And, and pair, both of us side by side. Yeah, why so do you we're call big them, Jay fans. Why do you call them your favorite son? Well, because favorite. I only have one of each. If I had two... If I had two daughters or two sons, I couldn't do that. So the, um, but they are my favorite son and my favorite daughter. I adore these two. Part of that, though, you know, I know you passed on an offer from Oprah yeah. uh, years ago, I think in the 90s. Yeah. And how have you, because you've become such a huge star, yeah. and you obviously have a close relationship, you know, with your kids, your grandmother mm -hmm. as well now. How difficult was it to balance being a mother and also your career after being divorced? Well, you know, they were four and five at the time. I have never been a oh, woe is me person. I say you can have a brief period of bereavement when bad stuff happens, have a brief period of bereavement, but then you just have to carry on. And I learned, you know, I remember calling Maya Angelou years ago. She was, you know, may she rest in peace. She's like liquid uh, poetry. And I was complaining about something on the job and I said, and Maya, and then blah, blah. She says, stop it, stop it now. I go, but I'm not, I'm not done telling you the story. I'm not done telling you the story. She goes, it doesn't matter. What you need to do in this moment is say thank you. I said, what am I saying thank you for? Just say thank you. And I went, thank you. What am I saying thank you for? And she goes, because whining is so unbecoming, it lets them know there's a victim in the neighborhood. Mm. I've never forgotten that. And so whenever stuff happens or doesn't go my way, I just figure out how can I fix it? Now, back then I hadn't met Maya Angelou, so I didn't have these pearls of wisdom. But what I did know is that um, as badly as Oprah was offering me a job to go to Chicago where she would make the transition, because she said, I'm done with the talk show. I want to go into acting. I can incorporate you in the show and then I could you know, pass the baton to you which I thought was, wow, that's a great opportunity. I was ready to pick up the kids and move. My ex at the time was very opposed to it. And I thought, 
you have to balance as much as I wanted that job. It was very important to me that they have a good relationship with him. Mm -hmm. I think he was a great husband. He had a problem with monogamy. Never good in a marriage, infidelity, just throwing it out there. Never good. Cheater, cheater, pumpkin eaters, never good. So he wasn't a good husband, but I thought it was important for them to have a relationship with their dad. And he, of course, wanted a relationship. So I said, no, I can't. And I'd said, yes, I'm coming. And then I went, er, it didn't occur to me that that would be an issue. Mm -hmm. But once it was an issue, you have to balance what's most important to you. And guys, I don't care how successful you are, if your kids aren't happy and healthy and adjusted, it, all the success means nothing. It means nothing. So I, I wanted them, you know, and they were, they were little. It was important to me that they have a relationship with him. Is it as successful as you are and, and focused on being one of the best at your field and being a successful, strong black woman? Let's be honest, you're rich. Is it, is it tough? We were just joking about pickup lines and, and do I have a brother? Like, is Am it... I rich, Tanny? You rich as hell. <laughs> <laughs> I got the internet. I know net worth. <laughs> but you can't believe all that stuff you see. I just say this. I'm doing all right. You're doing all right. I'm doing all right. It, it, I don't it, think I'm rich. If I was rich, rich to me means, I mean, you know, back in the day when people would say, what's your definition of success? My definition of success at the time when I was first starting out was to be able to fly first class to anywhere you wanted, when you wanted. Mm. Okay, that was my definition. And uh, you're right, I can do that now. Anywhere I wanna go, I can fly first class, that's true. And now my definition of success is owning your own plane. <laughs> that, that's when I think you're rich. When you, that, I'm serious, when you can own your own friggin' plane, yes. where you can go and come wherever you wanna go. But I'm doing all right. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to sit here and act like, oh, no, I'm struggling. I'm not going to, I'm not that. I'm doing, oh, yeah. I'm doing okay. It, but it, what was your question? I was going to say, is it, does it, <laughs> is, it difficult, is it difficult to date? Like, with, with well, you, you know, are? what's difficult is that people say, oh, you're so intimidating. Now, you've met me. Am I intimidating? Not at all. Room, am I, Alicia, am I intimidating? No, the answer, I'll go first. No, I'm not. <laughs> But somebody said to me once, they said, Gail, look at your shoes. And I looked at my shoes. What's wrong with my shoes? Look at your bag. Look at your coat. Look at your, uh, your friends with Oprah. You know, a guy looks at that and goes, I can't compete with that. But my thing, it's not a matter of competing. It's not, I'm not looking for somebody to compete. You want somebody who has a sense of humor, who's very secure, who's not well, intimidated by whatever all of this is that just sees you for you. You know, I went on a date and I was really excited, very uh, excited about it. And we had gone out maybe two months and then he said he really needed to talk to me. Uh, he wanted to have a private conversation. Okay, sure, what is it? Do you think you could lend me $4,000? And I'm like, oh God. <laughs> he jumped out with 4,000 out the gate? Though? I know, it's so he funny. He didn't test oh, the water? You, you know what Oprah said? Oprah said, God, I would have felt better if he had said $40,000. <laughs> You just went in your purse. Here you go. Here you go. Get out of here. <laughs> I don't carry cash. Yet, but... They just <laughs> asked you to cash app him now. Huh? You just could have cash tapped him now. I know, guys, but I was so crushed because he, here's somebody who was making, you know, six figures, successful. And when I said, you know, could I ask what it's for? He said, yeah, it was for uh, a, a child support issue and to pay uh, a payment on some furniture and Oprah goes, oh God, this is just getting worse. <laughs> and I said, okay. And he said, you know, this was Sunday. And he said, I promise I'll pay you back by Thursday. I promise I'll pay you Thursday, okay. But I wrote it, I wrote it because I thought hey, it, had, it had to be very difficult for him to ask me. And so I wrote it and I just figured that would be that, that would be that. And he did pay me back on Thursday, but I didn't feel the same. I, I didn't yeah. feel the same. I didn't feel the same. But he did, you know, to his credit, pay me back on Thursday. But it just it just changed the relationship for me. It changed the relationship for me. So in answer to your question, is it difficult to date? Yes, I think so. Because I really am attracted to uh, men of color. I just am. I love how a black man says mother baby. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> says it like y'all. Like, and not... I know you'll beep it out. I know you'll I don't beep really, it out. No. I don't really say it well, huh? <laughs> you know, he doesn't cuss good at all. 
Gail. I, every time he cusses, I'll be like, you making us look bad. No, 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 it's just the way that it's said. I don't even know how to explain it to you. Like, how, they, just, how, how do they say it? I can't, I can't do it. I like, can't do that's it. my motherfucking baby. No, no, no. When they call like, you baby, like, oh, hey, baby. Like, hey, baby. Yeah, I love how they say, hey, baby. Tame, it's what's, two, your, it's, what's your hey, baby? It's no. two separate things. It's not baby. It's two separate things. God. I love how they say, hey, baby, how you doing? Ah. It's different. It is different. And then how they just say motherfucker. It could be a term of endearment. It could Thank be you. A, it could be a term of endearment, yeah. or it could be I'm really pissed. Yeah. But there's something about the black, a black man says it. I'm just, I'm attracted to that. They got to have something else, too, though. Yeah, I must say, I can cuss, Gail. You always want me to cuss. I cuss all day, but... No, you don't want somebody with a potty mouth, Channing. It's not that. It's not that. But sometimes a well-delivered uh, curse word is is very intelligent to me. You might want to go to Channing's uh, stand-up. <laughs> he just started stand-up, and he has this one skit about terms of endearment. Yeah, yeah. Every cuss word you could be said nice or mean. Uh huh. E even bitch is a bad word. Like you know, nobody wants to be called it a bitch. It is a bad word. Yes. But if you say it certain, hey man, this bitch over here, ha ha ha. <laughs> I don't you like raggedy that. bitch. I don't, that's two different things. I, two different things. No, I don't like this bitch over here. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Nope. <laughs> you lost me with that. It ain't so just just motherfuckers the one that runs. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I throw motherfuckers. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we 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 are. No, uh, that's good. You're you're not intimidating. What are intimidating. you laughing at? <laughs> See? See? Girl, There's not... just something about the way they say it. I don't know. But but what really is most attractive to me is a sense of humor. Kindness, you always get me with kindness. I like to see how they interact with other people. Somebody you can take to the White House and the backyard barbecue who, who fits in with both and is comfortable in their own skin. Intelligence really matters to me. Proper grammar really matters to me. And somebody that can make you laugh. I got set up on another date. You'll like this. The guy said, oh, man, I, I'm a really good cook. You know, I want to cook dinner for you. I'm going to make I make a mean scrimp scampi. <laughs> and I said, oh, you mean shrimp scampi? No, girl, I mean scrimp scampi. <laughs> And I called my friend and said, are you mad at me about something? He didn't even say, he can't even say shrimp scampi. <laughs> so that was it. The, the scampi might have been running into the shrimp. <laughs> yeah. And it just made one word. It was scrimp. <laughs> yeah, scrimp scampi. That is crazy. But yeah, what we, were you going to we, say? We, no, I was going to say, when we met you um, at the Fanatics party at yes. the Super Bowl, you weren't intimidating, but we were all like, whoa, that's Gail King. I don't understand that. I swear to you, I don't understand that. No, we were all like that. And we, when we had an opportunity to sit down for that brief moment. Didn't like, we have fun? That was fun. It was I a know. lot of Wasn't fun. And fun? our takeaway was, man, we got to have a follow-up. And here we are. Yeah. I felt that, too, because I go, oh, there's the pivot. I know those guys. <laughs> I felt that, too. We felt, felt like we made it then. That no, was one of I those felt moments. that, too. But this is even had on a fire jumpsuit, too. Yeah. yeah. It's a pivot, This, yeah. this is even bigger. And going into sports, you say you're a big, big football oh, fan. Look at all the games that are coming up this weekend. Right. Oh, my God. It's your favorite team. Oh, God, this is so hard because I love, I love, I worked in Kansas City, so I anchored the news there. So I have big affinity for Kansas City. I love that storyline. I love uh, the Ravens. Baltimore. Oh, I love the Ravens. What's happening with C.J. Stroud? I love that. What's going to happen? Kansas City and the Buffalo Bills. Is weather going to be a factor there? I like Josh Allen. I mean, oh, there's so many good storylines. 49ers, 49ers in Green Bay. Because I love the story about, I saw a thing with uh, Jordan Love where he was going to help somebody push their car out of the snow or something. And the woman said, you're Jordan Love. I don't want you to get her. But just the fact that he made the offer to do that. I love that. I just, I just like good football. Basketball is my favorite sport, but I just like good football games. And now we're getting to the matchups that they're all so good. How has our uh, good friend Nate Brotherson helped oh, I you adore him. and your insight on the game? All right, since you asked me, wait, where's my... Oh, shoot, I, I left my little notes. He's very helpful. Uh -huh. He's very, very helpful. Nate's the man. I do have this question. Because now you've busted me. Now, now, now <laughs> I've just come clean. So, so I do have this question. Outside of, of football, you attend All-Star Games yes. with your favorite son. So I've been doing that since Will was in 10th grade. What is that experience like for you guys? And how has it changed from, I guess, the first time you've gone to now? Well, because, you know, back then, you know, when he's a kid, it's just cool, you know, because you go to all the fan interaction, integrations, and that was fun. And, 
you know, you had some behind the scenes. And now, and he played basketball in high school, and, I, you know, he was pretty good. In fact, he was very good. Um, so I've just always liked that sport. And now we just all enjoy it. I just love the, you know, I like the uh, three-point. The, the, competition, yeah. I like that competition. The best. I think that's a lot of fun. And then you just always meet really great people there. You know, now for the past several years, I've been doing the Newsmaker Breakfast on Saturday. I like that. And do something with the wives. I just like the culture of, of, of basketball. And, the, and most of the guys are really, really genuinely nice guys. What was Gail King basketball mom like? I tried not to be a fool. I tried not to be a fool, screaming and hollering. But I was just so proud of him because he was so good on the he was so good on the team. But I would go to all the games. And favorite daughter Kirby was played volleyball, so I would go to that too. But basketball is is something very special. I mean, this is this is the time of year. You saw it last week. It was cold. Right, that's playoff football. Our partners at DraftKings, they still the same though. They don't change when the moment gets heated, right? They, they ain't doing what Dallas did. So <laughs> any new customer that signs up right now for DraftKings, you place a $5 bet, you use the promo code DEFENSE, instantly $200 in bonus bets. And right now you get a no sweat bet, bro. You get a bet, if that bet doesn't hit, you get a bonus bet on top of that. You know they gonna watch out for you. Hey, y'all know I love the same game parlays. You know I'm hitting on the overs. Same game, the receiving yards and all that, and you give yourself a chance to win even more bread. I love those same game parlays. Look, all you need is this device and just go and create your own account on DraftKings Sportsbook. And if it's not in your state, don't worry about it. We still got DraftKings Daily Fantasy. Give you an opportunity to get in the game. Pivot. Hey, use the promo code DEFENSE. Any new customer placing a $5 bet instantly gets $200 in bonus bets. Well, we have your notes. Yes. Yes, because I said, I said to Nate, Nate, I'm going over to the pivot. So what do your notes say? With the weather being cold this game, <laughs> will it come down to the running backs and the ground attack? Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs, though, on that one. But although Josh Allen had a really, I love it when the quarterback uh, makes a touchdown. And he yeah, did nice. something like 40-something. Yeah, 40-something. Yeah, it was 52 yards. Yeah, was, yeah, I was going to say he had a long run. Against my Steelers. It, yeah, I know. May they rest in peace for this year. <laughs> just for this year. Just, God, just, just for this year. to say that. You we, shoot at my Jaguars like that. You, for this never, season. you guys are never yeah. alive. Just, just we, for this we, season. And Bill Cower was there, as you yes. know. So I'm a big, big, big fan of, of Coach Cower. But I like when a, a quarterback does something that's unexpected like that. But it's kind of hard. And Patrick Mahomes, I just think he's terrific. It's kind of hard to me to root against Kansas City since I had worked there and followed that. And, you know, listen, I like Taylor Swift. I've been, I've been going to Taylor Swift concerts from the very beginning. So I'm not late to the Taylor Swift okay. party. So I'm not all gaga just because she's dating Travis. I think she's a great songwriter. She she's a great songwriter, and she knows how to write a hit. She captures something uh, in her music that, that speaks to me. So I, I like all of that. I like all that. I love the two of them together. People said, oh, Gail, that's just a, again, I'm a hopeless romantic. You just love love. This is all a PR stunt. I never thought that. I think yeah. it's two single people having a great time. However this turns out, good on them. That's how I, th I feel about that. Okay. What else you got? Houston Texans versus the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are the favorite, uh, but C.J. Stroud and the Texans uh, can shake the world with an upset win. Did you write these based on what he was dictating to you, or did he write these for you? Well, this is not my handwriting. Because <laughs> I told Nate, Nate, I'm going to pretend that I'm doing this, but I can't lie. <laughs> I can't lie. But I will say about the Detroit Lions, I'm rooting for the Detroit Lions because of Nate, because, you know, he played for the Detroit Lions. And that was such a Cinderella story. What was it? 24-23, the last game. Yep. And they haven't had a championship in a gazillion years. So for Nate, I'm rooting for the Detroit Lions because the people that love the Detroit Lions love them. So much. Love them. And you, it's hard to love the Detroit Lions. Is it? Yeah, because it's been, it's only two playoff wins in the last 60 years. No, and so that, when, when you don't win, it's it's difficult to but, keep showing up, and they do. But that's why it makes it even sweeter yeah. that you have the people that have stood by you all this time. But I don't know. I just want good football. I just want good football, and I think we're going to get it. And, and 
What I'm really excited about is Usher at the halftime. I was about to say, you'll be in super, at the Super Bowl, right? Yes, Working that yes, week. Yes, yes. And I have an interview with Usher. I'm very excited Ursher. about that. I have an interview with him. But just the fact that, that I know he's going to kill it. I love the, the uh, vulnerability when he says, it's going to be the best thing I've ever done. I want for people to look at it and say it's the best thing they've ever seen. I love the confidence of him saying that. Just like Niecy Nash at the Emmys the other day, when she said, you know, thank you, thank you. And I'd like to thank me. Yeah. I, I, you never see people do that. But I was very touched by it because people said, you know, I was raised it. You don't brag, you don't toot your own horn, you thank others. But I love the fact that she said, I would like to thank me that I've worked so hard and I've accomplished that. I, I like that. You've worked extremely hard and accomplished um, a ton. Hard work doesn't scare me. Yes, ma'am. We, we can tell. And <laughs> you've sat down with some of the most intriguing and interesting people at some of the most, uh, some, some of the highest profile times. Mm -hmm. You know, how do you deal with the reactions to your interviews? Whether they be, you know, the great reactions of Jay-Z or whether it's some backlash that you receive. Mm -hmm. How do you not ride the, the highs and lows of the responses to your interviews? Well, you know, listen, I, I just think if you've, um, when you've done your job and you know that you did the best at your job, because, you know, with the good comes the bad, all of that stuff. But I, I feel that there are people that judge you that don't know you. The opinions that matter to me are my favorite son, my favorite daughter. Oprah, of course, is in my kitchen cabinet. As long as I have their support, I'm really okay. Because people guys are always gonna come after you. They just are. They're always gonna have to come. They will always come after you. And you just have to have a strong sense of yourself. But that said, you know, I've never been booed. <laughs> I, would, I would like to go through life and avoid that. But, you know, you have to have a strong sense of yourself. But shit, nobody likes it when you get a lot of incoming. Nobody. When we uh, started, Myself included. Yeah, when we started, we had a terrible interview one night in L.A. Uh, when we first started. Like, I worked all day. He worked. It was... A it terrible was, interview with who? It was uh, Nigel Houston. He's a skateboarder. And, you know, like, we studied, and we had just worked all day. I was coming from a commercial shoot, and we sit down, and then we rewatch it. And I was like, oh, yeah, we didn't do a great job. Uh, and I just remember, like, I recall that often. Yeah. Like, every time we sit down, every time we're preparing, I never want to be in that position where I'm watching us or we're talking about it as a group and we're saying what we all could have done better. How, yeah. and, and you want to assess it. You, early on, had an um, interview with, I think, Frank Zappa. Yes. And it didn't go well for you. And then you say Terrible. you watched and you watched him do an interview with somebody yes. else and they asked the same question. And he and was very lovely. How, do, how does something like that make you feel? Well, I mean, I just thought in the moment, because specifically Frank Zappa, former musician who's no longer with us, but he has a, a son named Dweezil and Moon Unit. He, his kids' names are Dweezil and Moon Unit. And I said, you know, where did the names come from? And he said, well, that's a dumb question. Like, you know, it's like, Gail, it's, it's, it's just a name. That's a dumb question. And then I saw him do another interview where he went on and on. He had a story about how he picked the names. So for whatever reason, on that particular day, he didn't feel like engaging, he didn't feel like sharing, for whatever reason. You know, when I saw that later, I just thought, oh, okay, that's what that is, he didn't feel like it. And that was a big lesson to me, that don't take it personal, even though it felt very personal at yeah. the time. It did, it felt very personal at the time. And I thought it was rude, and I thought it was rude. But then I saw him being engaging to somebody else. He just, he didn't feel like it that day. So mm -hmm. you, you, you really can't take that stuff um, otherwise, it'll drive you crazy. We all have interviews, though, when we're done, we go, oh, I should have asked. Yeah. Or somebody will say something, and then you go, oh, I should have followed up with, well, we all have that. But I also realize in the course of an interview, you can't cover everything. Mm -hmm. That's why I always have a thing with my producers, because I said, where's the part about blah, 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 and where is the part? I, I was all over that Jay-Z interview, and I go, where is the part? Well, Gail, we can't have everything and nobody will know it. I go, but I know it. Right. I know what we have and that's good. Take that out and put this part in. So you can beat yourself up, but if you at the end when you're fin when you're when you're happy with your product, even if you go, I wish I would have asked, if you still have a pretty good product, I'm okay. Did you feel good for begging Jay-Z? Because I heard Oprah told you stop begging, you're making a fool of yourself. I did not yourself. feel bad about that at all. <laughs> and I thought she was wrong about that. <laughs> she, uh, you know, she said you're embarrassing yourself. 
He doesn't want to do it. I said, but he hasn't said no. He didn't say no. She said, Gail, he keeps giving you dates, and every time the date comes up, he cannot do it. He just doesn't want to say no to you. Tyler Perry said to me, are you like this with men? I go, I resent that. I resent that. Because the minute he tells me no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back away. And then he finally did, though, Ryan. He did finally say, you know, it's not going to work. I can't do it. And I did. I backed away. I said, okay, I will accept defeat gracefully. Thank you so much for even considering it. 24 hours later, his people called and said, Jay said he'll do the interview. I go, wait, I just talked to him. He said, no. He goes, Gail, he's changed his mind. Do you still want to do it? Yes, I still want to do it. And I had another interview scheduled with somebody else. I had to, re had to get, get out of that because I knew that that, that exhibit is so special. And I think what he does is so special. Who he is is so special. And he very seldom gives interviews, as you know. He very seldom. And the fact that he, had, I don't know why he changed his mind. And when I saw him, uh, you know, they have the criminal justice reform. Yeah. They had that big gala. And I went into my, I go, oh, Jay, thank you so much. I heard about it. He goes, do you want me to change my mind again? I went, no, sir. Nope. <laughs> nope. Because I was like, you know, thank you so much. I don't know what happened. But I, he goes, well, he, he said, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. You want me to change my mind? I go, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> Nice to see you, Mr. Carter. <laughs> you look very good. I love your shoes. <laughs> That's awesome. With that, Gail, uh, in the uh, implementation he is awesome. of, no, he is. with the implementation of podcasts and the reach that it has in this space, and how it crosses over with journalism, mm -hmm. journalism as a whole, mm -hmm. right, seems to be a bit watered down. We were talking about this on a show that we had, how you have journalists attacking other journalists and media players attacking journalists and vice versa, but you've always maintained or evolved your journalistic style with integrity for the guests mm -hmm. and a lot of respect for the guests. Mm -hmm. Like, I've never seen, seen you do a bad interview. With that said, what do you feel is going on in this space? Well, I think it's scary right now because, listen, everybody is entitled to their own opinion, but you're not entitled to your own set of facts. And now we live in a society where People can't even agree on the, on the same facts. So we can't even have the same conversation. That's what's so scary to me. We're all having different conversation, but there really is only one set of facts. January 6th really did happen. Mm -hmm. Those were not just protesters. Right. Those were not just people at, at one point, tourists who were just, I sat at my kitchen table and watched America, Americans attacking other Americans. And it just brought tears to my eyes that it's, it's evolved into this. And you still have people saying Joe Biden was not legitimately elected because of, you know, misinformation that's put out there. It's very difficult. I, I struggle with this. Like, how do you report the news when people don't believe the facts? Mm -hmm. That has never happened um, in the way that it's happening today. And it's very dangerous and very scary. So Channing, I struggle with that. Channing and I, we had a debate. He said social media created it. I said social media exposed it. Yeah. What's your thought? I think it gave them a platform is what I think it did. And it, it just allowed it to, like, I did an interview with Blake Shelton. because I love country music, too. I'll go to a country music thing and they'll say, what are you doing here? I love country music. Take Alicia. Yeah. Oh, I love country music. Kane Brown and Maren Morris, Carrie. I love those guys. But uh, I did an interview with him, Blake Shelton. He said he refuses to get on social media because he said it's an accelerator on hate. Mm. And that's, in many respects, that's true. He said, I just refuse to engage in that. It's an accelerator on hate. So it's scary when people believe things that are just blatantly and who have been proven not true. Right. I, I, I don't know how to combat that. No I'm still trying to figure that out. No regulation. Especially, yes, especially as we're going into the presidential election. It's very scary. And, and Fred kind of hit on with the, the evolution of you. I want to see what, 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 what was that evolution? Where were any benchmarks in your career where you saw, you know, the social media come, but you started back in the 80s, which you must have been four years old. When you started, but you started in the 80s, and now it's 2020. I'm 69, Ken. 69 and feeling fine. Yes, yeah, but Looking for more in 2024. Yes, ma'am. But what, <laughs> how have you evolved in this space through the years? I don't know. Isn't it just called growing up? You know, when you know better, you do better. Yeah. Isn't it that? When you know better, you do better. And, um, you know, trying to keep up with what's happening, what people are saying, what they're listening to. 
you know, what resonates with people. I, I can't really say I've had a, a moment where I go, ooh, I, I just, I, I like to think that I'm on top of things. I do. I think I'm very well read. I, any interview I do, I'm very well prepared. You know, we have producers that read all the books, get the movies, and they'll give you little notes. But I always find that little bitty nugget, and I call them nuggets, all you need is just a little nugget to let somebody know, I read what you said, I appreciate what you said, I love when you wrote about blah, 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 blah. Uh, there was a guest on and he had a baby and he said we were playing Bruce Springsteen, love him too. I begged him for five years to do an interview and he finally wore him down, he said yes. I find groveling is very effective. Um, and I said, you mentioned that you had Bruce Springsteen, what was the song? And he goes, wow, you really read the book if you know that I was listening to Bruce. What song was it? You know, I was just very curious about what that was. I think people appreciate when you take the time to look at their movie. Uh, so many times I'll go to meet people and I said, yeah, I read the part where you said, or I saw the movie. You actually watched it? I go, yes, because I wanted to see what it is you do, what is this all about? Channing has a saying um, well, that he got his mama's penis, uh -huh. right? And so when you asked uh, Roger I'm a Bennett, little worried about your mom. Yeah, when you asked... <laughs> you just, Little no, worried about your mom. Yeah, let me explain. <laughs> because people always say, yeah. oh, you have your mother's eyes. Yes. Oh, you have your mom's toes. You have your dad's shoulders. Yes. You might have your mother's penis. <laughs> you know, the, that side of the family penis. I, I, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I'm what does that mean? Seriously, what does that mean? You might Tell have me what it means. The side Sammy. of the family. What, do, what does that mean? Tell seriously. me what it means. Okay, so my dad's a big old black dude. Yes. 6'4, <laughs> 280. And when I was a kid, you know, I saw my dad naked. And as I grew up, I was like, hey, <laughs> what's going on? I must like, is I your, must is got my mom, mom. Is your mom white? My mom's white. So oh. I'm like, I, so <laughs> I, got my, I got my mother's penis. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Let me give you a hug. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I know. Are, are you okay? I, I made children. <laughs> how, how many do you have? I got three. Okay, yes. so it worked three times. Yeah, I figured it out. <laughs> Me and my wife had sex three That's times. That's hilarious. <laughs> yes, well, thank I didn't you. know you were biracial. I didn't know yes, that. Yes, ma'am. Oh, okay. Yep. He, okay, he also good. he always tells us <laughs> that's funny that's when, when he wants to be respected around here that's he says he wants to be treated like a white man <laughs> don't look at me as a black dude with dreads <laughs> treat me like a 40 year old white man they have it good i hear <laughs> the best like, that is connected. so funny <laughs> see i would have gotten the joke had i known i didn't know that about you yeah okay yeah. Yeah, that's, you know. And see, that's what I was gonna ask you, though. You mentioned, like, little nuggets. <laughs> that's so right? funny. You asked uh, Roger Bennett, I think he wrote a book. Yeah. And he talked about his tiny child penis. Yes, yes, yeah. Right, do you, like, when, you, when you're reviewing... Man, don't keep looking at me saying little penis. <laughs> <laughs> ask the question. That's <laughs> right. But, like, something like that, like, do you ever read something like that and you're like, well, if I do ask this question, he'll know I read the book or he'll know I've done my research. Oh. But do you ever worry, like, okay, even though it's something he put in the book, maybe this isn't something he's ready to talk about? No, but if you put it in the book, it's fair game. Okay. I'm sorry. If you put it in the book, it's fair game. Um, but I just thought that was funny. I thought that was a funny line. And I know Roger has a good sense of humor. Gotcha. So I know he could handle it. I knew it wouldn't get all awkward and icky. I knew that. Um, but if you write it in the book, it is. It's, it's okay. It's, it's all fair game. I also, too, earlier, you know, I just want to go back to dating real quick, right? You I said, love talking about dating. Yeah, so you said, you was like, you know, one thing you want in a man is like, if you, you want to be able to take him to the White House. Yes, to the backyard barbecue. Bar right, so yes. I can say. And they're comfortable in both places, in both spaces. Right, yes. and so normally though, when somebody says something like that, it's metaphorical, right? It's, you know, most women walking around be like, <laughs> yeah, I want to be able to take my man going. to the White House. And you know, okay, yes, I've been to the White House. Exactly. Yes, See, yes. And, but when you say you're not intimidating, <laughs> most people, like normal okay, humans, okay, okay, they don't okay. go to the White House. Okay. So like, I don't so go I've to been the White, to the White House because I won a Ryan. Super Bowl. Okay. They haven't been because they didn't win Super Bowls, Miss <laughs> Gail, right? But I've been. I don't. It's not like I hang out at the White House. Okay, give me another thing that means that means hi. What, I don't know, but you can't choose White House. <laughs> Like, it's like, okay, because imagine okay. sitting there. Fair enough, a, fair enough, fair enough. Right, you're the first date. You okay. know, what would you wear to the White House? <laughs> okay, right. Okay, who, Super Bowl, or, 
but Super Bowl That's or Gail. backyard barbecue. That's Gail King. Okay, she but wait, right? Okay, give me. Okay, I hadn't thought about it that way. Yeah. I guess because I've been to the White House. Okay, but all right. Well, give me another thing where you can say I've been to the okay, Kennedy Center. Oh, the image. Is that good? Or the Grammys. Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay, the Oscars. There we go. There you go. Okay, okay. Oscars. The Oscars. Okay. But no, that's kind of big. I ain't never been to no Oscars. <laughs> but I'm okay. just saying. Okay, like, okay, okay. Can... Grammys? I like that one. Grammys. We can go with Grammys. Oh, why did Michael Jordan <laughs> Right. Also, too, you just, the way you throw around names. Okay, so I'm at this wedding, and when Michael Jordan comes through, the sea just parts. You know what I mean? Like, See, I'd be lucky even, to be oh at the, God, somewhere with I don't want to sound like with that With Marcus guy. Jordan. It's only top of mind. Marcia Pippen. After that, I call Maya Angelou to get her, her ideas on this. <laughs> Is that so? <laughs> and then Oprah told me, girl, it would have been better if it was 40,000. <laughs> okay. I called you right. two guys. Now, now we've taken a turn. This sounds so bad. This sounds so bad. We're your friends. I know. This sounds so bad. Okay. And I'm just telling you as a man who... So I should not name names. Is that what you're saying? Uh, maybe sometimes. But those are your people, though. That's like me saying Channing. That's like Fred saying RC. Like it's and so like like do you but ever? But I know those people. I know, but like when you when you walk around. So like, I should just say a friend. Miss Gill, you're trying to walk around like you're normal, but you're not. But I am. But you're not. You used <laughs> right, to be when you right, was a production I swear assistant. To you, I am. Wearing Oprah draws. Yeah. She was normal. <laughs> right. Them draws probably but, got like gold lining in them now too. <laughs> no, but I but see this so bothers me, that. That would be the impression because I hate it when I see people drop names, drop names. I swear to you, that's not what I'm doing. But you're saying it could be perceived as such. No, I don't. I don't think it's so perceived. I, I don't think friend. it's perceived as such because we've been around enough Help people me, to understand it. But it is. It is intimidating when you're thinking about people who haven't walked in those circles, who, who hasn't, you know, grown in the industry like you that those names are big. Like, for us, as football players doing this job, sitting down with Gail King was a huge deal to us. And the fact that we mentioned and the I show... And I thought sitting you, down with you was a huge deal. That's what I thought. That's Fred, what I thought. When they said they want me to be on, they said, I said, they, are you sure they want me to be on the show? Because I did that drive-by. You know, people say, oh, yeah, we got to connect, and it's normally February 31st. Yeah, you know, that's so not a day. I didn't take a that as a that's serious thing. That's the day Jay-Z thing. was going to give you an interview. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, we certainly oh, but now, but now, show. Ryan, you're making me think here. How do I phrase, how do I tell these stories? I, I guess I just can't mention names. No, you can't. We can. love, it. We love to hear them that way. You just got to understand that you have accomplished so much, and, like, all those things are really good. Yeah. You know? I, have a, I do have a question about accomplishments, though. Is that though. intimidating? You are... You mentioned, you know, obviously we talk about being a black woman. How do you feel when cinnamon brown with a dollop of caramel? But go ahead. Yes, cinnamon. <laughs> Speaking of, we all. Do you like Eddie V's uh, bananas Foster's butter cake? Butter cake. And well, I love ban banana pudding is one of my favorite desserts. Excellent. I love anything. I don't. I don't, I don't know. Sweets. I love sweets. Icing. Love icing. I could eat icing out of the can. It's not healthy. I don't know Eddie V's banana Foster. Yeah, Eddie V's a restaurant. It's a restaurant. You got to try that. Because. Can I say I went to Formula One and that I went to Eddie V's? Can I say that? Yeah, you say that. People okay. go there. Okay, I can say that. But it doesn't, it doesn't seem like you love sweets or even eat like that. Are you I'm, being serious? I, 100% we so. Just, I just you just posted. three peeps. <laughs> you just posted on yeah. Instagram, and yeah. I be, I'm the comment creeper. You posted your 12-year anniversary at CBS yes, Mornings. Yes, yes. And your infamous yellow dress. Yes, yes. And in the comments, someone yellow's said... yellow's my favorite color, yes. Right. Someone said, um, or they asked, uh, how does she still fit this dress? Well, there's been a couple years when I didn't fit it. But, you know, you wear two pairs of Spanx and you just go on. <laughs> I'm serious. You know, there are times where the seams are like, it's not going to work this time. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. But the older you get, you have to work harder at it. You know, it's just... December 28th, you're going to be... The big seven zero. Oh, yes. And it doesn't look a day. You it don't even great. seem. I can't wait. You know, and I you are killing wait. that yellow dress each and every year. Okay. So I want to see it another 20, 30 I years. Hope so. I hope so. That, that is the game plan. I am fascinated with interviewers, obviously, because we do this job. How were you able to maintain 
such grace in the intensity of the R. Kelly interview? Well, listen, he knew that we were going to talk about that, the uh, docu-series. He knew that. He knew that all those things were going to come up. And so I didn't really know him. I've seen him at a couple of parties. I'm scared to name names now. But <laughs> you can name him on the show. I'm on with it. I'm the impressed. show is good. I don't know what they're talking about. I'm impressed, Gail. Give me what you got. I'm scared to name any more names, but I saw him at a party. Um, and, you know, I didn't said, hi, how are you? This was years ago, years before I actually did the interview. But I can't say that I had a relationship with him or really knew him. But I wasn't worried that he was going to hurt me. I thought that he could accidentally hit me because he was so, you know, the way he was doing this and hitting it. And I, I thought that he could accidentally hit me. I didn't think that he wanted to hurt me. Right. And then I'd seen interviews with him that when he gets angry, he storms off. And I thought, don't make any movements because if you go, wait, 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 I knew that he would go, yeah, I mean, he go. And I'm sitting there with my little cards and he's screaming and, you know, some spit hit me right here on my lip. And I went, okay, don't make any move. Just. Just sit here, just sit here. I look at the chair, look at him, look at the chair, look at him, look at the chair. Just to let him know, whatever this is you're doing, I'm not leaving. And I think that he felt calmed by that because I wasn't, he, he took me off guard because he went from zero to 200 in a nanosecond. So I was taken, I was caught off guard by that. But when he saw that I wasn't gonna go anywhere, he sat back down in the chair and we finished the interview. And do you know, I called the next day to check on him just say, is he okay, da, 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 da. And they said, Gail, you know, he just wants to thank you because you allowed people to see his passion and his pain. I go, is that what he saw? <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. You know, I just wanted to make sure he was all right because it had gone so off the rails. But I wasn't, I guess because I wasn't afraid. I, I didn't think that he was, that he meant to harm me. I think that he was just very angry. And I also think, now, had that happened to me earlier in my career, I would have totally freaked out. I would have freaked out. But I just thought, okay, I'm just gonna sit here. I'm just gonna sit here. And, and I was prepared for him. I thought he was gonna storm out, to be honest with you. I thought he was gonna rip off his mic and storm off, and he didn't do that. Because that happened, Ryan, early in the interview, and I'm yeah. thinking, oh, God, I got, I got some more questions. Right. When something like that happens, it obviously sends a ripple effect through our communities. Mm -hmm. When you do those things and you start to sort of see the response from black people, African-Americans that may question you from an interviewer standpoint, putting black celebrities or people on the spot like that. Is that difficult for you but to I deal with? But I didn't think I put him on the spot. Mm -hmm. I really didn't. That, you know, he had been accused of all of those crimes. Right. And, you know, to this day, I believe I Can Fly is one of the best songs ever. But I, I just can't play it anymore. I just don't hear it the same. But that I loved, you know, intuition. I loved, I loved his music, loved his music. But I didn't look at it as putting him on the spot. I didn't, I didn't. I don't believe I put people on the spot. And if I do, it's never my intention. It's never my intention. I definitely don't think you do. But I know. You do. In, you think I put people? No, on the I spot? don't. But oh. I'm going to say this. I don't. I'm in no way at your level. But even in analyzing football, right? people put a certain responsibility on me as a black analyst. That when I'm talking about other black players, I am only trying to uplift, that I'm not analyzing or looking at it unbiasedly, which is my job, right? And so if I do criticize or critique a black player, it's, well, now you're cooning or, you know, or you're a sellout. When I'm looking at this player based on what his jersey color is, not on the color of his skin. Mm. Or if we're interviewing somebody in the same sense, if it's the same with you, if it is something you've done, if it is a part of your life story and you sit down with us, obviously we want to respect your privacy if you want to keep certain things private. But if not, I'm going to ask those questions. I want yeah. to dive in to those things. So I don't think that, but when, and you know it is, whether it's football, whether it's journalism, when we make it, our communities hold on to us because they feel like we all yes. made it. It's the black card. Yeah, right. There, you there's, what I'm sometimes so, there's a heavy price to pay for the right. black card, and you, I don't think uh, um, the white community understands that. You know that if you say something that's critical, you know Charles. I, I worked with Charles Barkley. King Charles. Now. Yeah. yeah sure. you know, I'm nuts. I'm nuts about him. We were talking about, you know, he, he, he's very much of call it as he sees it. Mm -hmm. 
He's very much calls it as he sees it with no apology. And he's never trying to provoke or trying to hurt anybody's feelings, but he does speak the truth as he sees it. And, you know, you don't ever want to deliberately hurt somebody. With Charles, how did that come about? Because I never thought, like, the two. <laughs> like, I love Charles for years. I love you for years. I never thought that combination was going to happen. I know, neither did we. I mean, we got a call, and, and they said, because I wasn't looking for another job, and I said, no. And they said, well, what about working with Charles Barkley? I go, Charles Barkley? <laughs> did you all talk to Charles Barkley? They said, well, we're approaching you, and then if you agree, then we're going to reach out to him. And then when they approached Charles, and Charles said he didn't want it, and he said, well, would you be interested in working with me? And so we both had the same reaction. Mm -hmm. Neither one of us wanted another job. We're looking for another job. And it's not like I can say we're friends, but I've known him. And so we got on the phone, and we started talking. We said, yeah, let's do it. I mean, I, I just think yesterday, you know, we, t we do it on Wednesday nights, and we go out and... Um, do MOS, men on the street MOSs with people. And this woman came up and she said, Gail, I just uh, took a picture and I sent it to my mom and she said, Gail's king is here with some guy. And Charles, <laughs> and Charles said, some guy? <laughs> and he fell, guys, he fell out laughing. Right. He goes, oh, okay, now I'm some guy. I go, no, you're my little boo thing. <laughs> you're, you're my little boo thing. He got the biggest kick out of that. I said, I can, I can assure you, that never happens to me. When this man walks in a room, also the C's part, yes. people stop on the street, they go nuts when they see him. They go nuts. So this was a young woman who didn't know. When she sent it to her mother, her mother said, that's not some guy, that's Charles Barkley. That's <laughs> not some guy, he's a legend. Right. So then she walked him and said, could I have a picture with you? <laughs> he goes, what's your name, Molly? So he took a picture with Molly, but I mean, he is just a dream. He's a delight to work with. Awesome. We, we're having a good time. Yeah, we, we had we're him on the show. We're still figuring that out because we want it to be, you know, we're not a comedy team. We're not trying to be provocative, but we just want to have fun. We all shared a mutual friend, Kichi. Yes. And, and oh it's coming God. up on a, on a yes. year since she uh, I know. passed. I was thinking and about her. For yeah. us, that was a huge reason to get you on. It was one of the things she always talked to us about. And she's like, you got to get Gail. I, I hope you get Gail. I want her. you to get nuts, Gail. Yes. And so thank you so much yes. for, for that. This is sort of fulfilling a responsibility we felt for oh, her and I to know. her. It's still hard to believe. Talk about a bright light. Mm -hmm. Kichi was that. She was, number one, I love her name, Kichi. Um, and she sort of lived up to that name. She was such a bright light and so caring and so kind to everybody. Yeah. yeah. And so, so I'm glad to be here, really. Yeah, so Thank always, you, guys. So we always ask this question. This is like our show question. Freddie T came up with this when he came up with the name. And okay. so it's the biggest, pivot? the biggest pivot question. Uh -huh. Yes. And so it's like a moment or moments in your life. They could be negative, positive. It could be an action. It could be a feeling. It could be something that took place that if that thing doesn't happen or because that thing happened, the Gail King we know is sitting here. For sure, would be the R. Kelly interview that changed my career. Really? Mm hmm. I mean, it, it, it came at a time when uh, I was in the middle of contract negotiations. I had a, a series of really great interviews that just timed out that way. Um, but the R. Kelly interview, I, I think, changed the game of how people perceived me. People were surprised that I was so calm during that and I never felt, oh my God, that I, I never thought that that was, as a matter of fact, when it was over, they said, well, you know, we want to get this out right away. I go, no, we can't put this out. I want this for our show in the morning. Yeah. They go, Gail, you don't even know what happened. We are getting this on evening news tonight. I go, no, you can't put it on evening news. This is ours. I mean, so when I saw it, I was like, whoa, because in the minute when it's happening to you, it doesn't feel like that. But anyway, that was a big game changer for me. Ms. Gale, so that was a pivot. What else is there for you to do? What else are you looking to accomplish? Like, you are here now, but yeah. you're still, you know, the production assistant. You started as the production assistant who because, couldn't make it home in a snowstorm. Yeah, but you can always grow. You can always learn. I don't care who you are. Even people who you perceive to be at the top of their game, you can always be better. You can always get better. There's always something to learn. So I, I never want to get the feeling that, oh, blase, I know it all. I never, ever want to feel that way. And as long as I 
still feel that I want to continue doing this job. I want to end on something fun, though. I do want to ask you a question. You mess with me. How did you how did you sneak alcohol into a Christian camp? Well, because I didn't do it. Some of the other kids <laughs> did. I was a Christian youth leadership leader, which is I don't drink. You know. I know. I do. I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't drink. I don't anymore either. Because when I was in high school, they brought in a keg of beer, cheap beer too. And I got so sick at the Christian Youth Leadership Conference. I got so sick that the next day I threw up, I had headaches. I mean, it was just, it was such an awful feeling. And that was so traumatic to me that I go, I just never want to feel that way again. Now, I hear people drink fine wines and say, you know, things have changed since Boone's Farm, Strawberry Hill, <laughs> and since a keg of beer. There really are some beautiful champagne, like I hear Ace of Spades is a really great champagne. There's some really great champagnes and wines, but it, it just holds no appeal to me. Well, thank you so much. We just appreciate thank you your guys. time. Thank you. And I mean, for us, I don't know. I can retire now. From no, you, no, you can't retire. Stop interview. talking, Ryan. Stop talking. <laughs> you said that a week ago. You, you can introduce well, me to a day. nice person. That's what you can well, do. We're gonna, we're gonna introduce you to one of Channing's people because Channing loves love. <laughs> I got you, Gail. Do you um, love love? Yes, but I she, love love. Hopefully he won't, that guy won't have his mama's penis. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> yes. See, Gail, look yes. for him. No. I'm fighting for my no. life. I'm fighting for my life. <laughs> I agree. Please don't, don't introduce me to him. <laughs> what is it, motion in the ocean or something no, like no, that? Oh, right? no, not true. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 don't, no, no, no. Don't say that story. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Size just matters. Oh, fine. Thank you so much. <laughs> that was awesome. We Thank we you, guys. Take the picture at, man. Yo, thank, thank, you, so you, thank, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hold up, limitless. Take a stomach, I'm pinning it. I find the head of witnesses. Got my people feeling militant. When I'm feeling, get me up. Uh, on a mission, get me up. Uh, no one me, I got the key. Uh, on the vision, I can trust. Uh, trust. Uh, limitless. Take a stomach, I'm pinning it. I find the head of witnesses.